0: Hello friends, this is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Seno. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10-12 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more.
1: You're at the Dynasty crossroads, they fill in it! The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape
0: Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. I'm here with, once again, with the great Jake Anderson who's returned from his vacation to the... Well, he'll tell you. I don't know. Um, he'll tell you where he was. How you doing, Jake? Where you been?
2: No, I'm doing good. I was I was on vacation for about a week. My wife, daughter, and I went down to visit her parents down in Hilton Head. They've retired down there in South Carolina, so went down there and uh, thought we'd get a break from the cold snap here in the Northeast. And it was, we actually got a cold um, week down in South Carolina, so it was a little bit m- more unproductive than I hoped. I only got one round of golf in, so I'm a little bit disappointed in that. But, uh, you know, time away is time away. So we, we tried to enjoy it as, as best as we could. But everything is good. Glad to be back.
0: Yep, as expected, Jake's back with a lot of excuses for why he missed the podcast directly after Rashad Penny becoming a top-12 running back and he's coincidentally found a way to not talk about that this week as well, but uh, like every week, we're here to talk about one player at a time from both a film and a metrics point of view. Um, I take the metrics standpoint and Jake talks about them from a film perspective. From college to the NFL, what we can expect immediately right now, next week, start-sit decisions, but also long-term in terms of dynasty. Um, we do most we, mostly we decide who to talk to by releasing a poll on Twitter from the Dynasty uh, Crossroads handle, which is at Dino Crossroads, because our name's too awesome to uh, could handle it. Uh, yeah, exactly. As a Twitter handle. The handle couldn't handle it. So, uh, Jake, who won that poll this yeah, week?
2: again, it's the hot waiver wire target this week. It's uh, Baltimore Ravens running back Gus Edwards. Uh, everyone is on the Gus bus, so we're going to take him down tonight
0: do you have a lot to say you want to say about gus edwards and therefore you're just raring to go you did say something about you can't wait to get the hate out so i'm i'm ready for that i i want to see the hate jake unleash um, man, it
2: i i it's probably the most un God, i don't even know how to say this i'm most uninspired hate you will ever hear <laughs> um sure i can i can talk about him from a tape standpoint i mean gus edwards is a guy that has, was not on my radar whatsoever i mean I, there was some chatter about him earlier in the season that he was getting some touches. So, I mean, I, I was aware of him. He was a guy that I had not watched a single play on his college film. And today I watched about six or seven of his games. And there was reason why I didn't do any homework <laughs> on Gus Edwards. Uh, he literally is probably the least impressive running back prospect I've ever really broken down on tape um, and if we weren't doing this podcast, I wouldn't have watched more than probably two games on him. And I would have said, this guy is not going to see the light of day. He's never going to be fantasy relevant. Um, but last week he had a monster game. I mean, he had 17 touches over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he's on the radar and we need to talk about him. But just getting back to his tape and what I, what I saw last week and um, throughout this year for the Ravens and then going back to his college tape. Um, he played his first four seasons uh, at Miami and really didn't do anything at all. And then he transferred over to uh, Rutgers this past year and had uh, like 700 yards and a few touchdowns, like 100 yards receiving. Um, he's a he's a big big back. I mean, he's he's got a, almost kind of a fullback type of running style. Um, you know, he's not agile. Uh, he's not gonna make people miss really uh, his speed score is really good and some people have been on that that his height weight height weight adjusted speed score is really impressive so I mean when he has room to build up that build up some steam and and, and get down get down field i mean he does have some speed in that regard i just his college tape was just very lackluster he did not make people miss. Um, he got taken down to the line of scrimmage a lot, uh, just not a whole lot of explosion. His foot quickness is really slow, um, just stiff-hipped, just does not look overly athletic. And I think his testing was actually better than I could have seen on tape. Um, but this is this is a guy that I'm really surprised that we are talking about from both a production standpoint and Um, just a trait standpoint is just nothing that stands out for me whatsoever he did look good last week I'll give him that Um, I would say it was kind of the perfect storm last week and he does have a couple good things going for him where he does have a chance to be relevant for this season Um, I would highly highly doubt that he's going to be relevant past this season but the two things that he has going for him are one he's for what he is, he's a perfect fit uh, in the Ravens offense with Lamar Jackson, with that run pass option. Um, you know, we saw it with RG3 and Evan Silva, and a bunch of people have talked about it. With RG3 and Alfred Morris a few years ago, um, you know, just when you run that run pass option um, with Lamar Jackson, who is extremely, you know, incredible incredibly gifted as a runner just so explosive so fast um can get outside you you want a running back that can get downhill hit the hole and run up the middle you know get downhill and uh that's what Gus Edwards can do and he's he is strong and he's very physical so he fits what they're trying to do at least did last week really well so if Lamar Jackson stays as, as a starting quarterback I could see him being relevant. Now, he's not going to catch any passes, really. Um, he's not that kind of running back. And like I told you earlier, he's, he, he basically runs like a fullback for me, like an athletic fullback. So um, if Lamar Jackson keeps this job, I think he has potential to be, you know, an RB2 for, for the stretch run. And the second thing that he has going for himself is – his schedule is really, really juicy um, coming up for the rest of the season into the fantasy playoffs. So, if everything breaks right for this guy, I mean, he is a great pickup, and especially in dynasty leagues where, yeah, I've seen people blow their entire yearly budget. But for me, I'm like, why, why the hell do you still have your budget left on in week twelve of your dynasty league? But I guess they're waiting for a week like this, you know, and. and I tend to blow my budget early and and I don't really care about it all that much because it's very rare that people pop off and are relevant. Um, But so we'll see. I think a lot of people are excited and I think some people are probably going to be a little bit disappointed with my perspective on Gus and we're about to hear about yours, which I don't think is going to make people feel a whole lot better. Um, But man, it's just, I've never been so disappointed or, or, unimpressed really by a running back prospect and it's no disrespect to him as a person or, or anything like that it's just um you know i like i like potential and upside and and i like traits and i just didn't see much there on tape i'm i'm interested to hear what you think about gus edwards peter
0: Well, wow, jake um we need to get you like angle lessons or something because your angle sounds surprisingly like reasonable <laughs> reasonableness like that was the most measured even key order. i just i think, I, think it was, <laughs> no,
2: I just think i think people are going to be a little bit taken aback because i think a lot of people are excited and you know evan silva's been pumping him up and and um just because you know he said he's he's spent you know, okay. he's blown his whole blind bid budget on him and i know he's really high on lamar jackson um and rightfully so but um so I think there's a lot of people out there that are you know I saw Brett Evans was you know pumping him up as well so there's a lot of redraft guys that I respect that have a lot of respect to this industry that are pumping him up big time and like I said there's there are some you know reasons to be be excited but from a player standpoint I just I just don't see it.
0: So just starting from the beginning you know the reason I if anyone's surprised why are we not excited about him it's because he's never done anything that looks like what successful running backs in the NFL for fantasy purposes do. Um like he wasn't it's not that he wasn't productive in college. I said that about other people on the dynasty crossroads. He was so not productive he <laughs> Like he doesn't compare to non-productive players. He did nothing. He basically he wasn't he didn't play. He he was born into football yesterday. Like I mean, he had 16 catches in a five-year college career, and he caught 13 of them in his last year after he changed school for Rutgers. He I mean he, he there is no production to judge from college. He didn't play. He, he basically and it's not like he didn't play. He was injured. He did not play. He did not earn. Opportunity, And yet every year, like he's got one, two, three years here that I can see with over 60 rushing attempts, one year with over 160 rushing attempts. That's his last year. And the best he ever did was 700 yards. The others are barely over two, 300. I mean, he did nothing in college. I don't know any other way of saying it. And that has to make you immediately less excited about a player. I mean, if it doesn't, then um, that's... I think the best way to start evaluating what you think of a player is what did he, what has he done on a football field? Gus Edwards has done nothing until Sunday, last Sunday. And what did he do last Sunday? Well, he got 17 touches with Lamar Jackson, who got 27 touches um, in that particular game. Um, Running back. efficiency is a myth I've said this a few different times but essentially what I'm saying is the how well a player plays at the running back position is not consistent just because a player plays out of his mind one game doesn't mean he's going to play that level consistently or even ever again that's what I mean about it being a myth it's not even stable for Todd Gurley how well he actually plays I don't know that sounds crazy to say but the way in which he plays in order to do well changes Almost every game. It's just not consistent. So there's no way to really measure something running backs do to make them good um, that stays that way um, even 80% of the time so we can evaluate other players using them. Um Now, that's all to say, the only thing we care about is volume. And like you just said, with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards might continue to get that volume. But... Um, we can estimate something of the player, I think outside of that this is not this is not a good football player for fantasy purposes at least i mean he's he's big he's reasonably fast I mean he's got a high good height adjusted speed score as you mentioned, but it's not phenomenal. It's not Derek Henry level, and we've seen what Derek Henry can do um he's not been productive in college. I don't think he's going to continuously be productive in the n f l just because of Lamar Jackson. Now, to broaden it out a little bit, I'm not even that hopeful about his situation, and I really like, like everyone does right now, everyone loves Lamar Jackson. Um, But if this keeps up, it won't keep up, if you know what I mean. I don't think, if this is what the Ravens think they can do with Lamar Jackson, they're not going to keep using Lamar Jackson. They're just using him right now. That's what this usage is saying to me. If they're going to run him out there as the de facto running back one, then they're just using him for now. It's the most disappointing thing to happen for me in 2018. I was really excited about Lamar Jackson. His rushing was great last game, but everything they've done this season says, we don't think this is a quarterback we can use at all. I mean, they're just getting what they can out of him. Now, I'm not saying that being a Russian quarterback isn't good or that he could be a different type of Russian quarterback that we've never seen before. All of that is true. I don't think the Ravens are saying that. I think the Ravens are saying we, we don't really think this is our starting quarterback at any point. Um, I hope they don't think that but they've continuously only brought him in basically to play trick plays or occasional plays as a running back. He started the game on Sunday, and they made him rush, or they asked him to rush 27 times uh, and barely throw the ball. Like he's me- If he's meant to be developing as an NFL passer so he can do more than that, surely the team would have put some effort into getting him experience at being a passer at the NFL level. He does have development he needs to do in that game. Even in that area of the game, even from college. Like, he was a good passer, a lot better than people might think right now, certainly the Ravens think right now, but he still needed to improve. And to improve, you have to practice. And if they're not getting him experience, they're basically giving him no chance to do that. So, I mean, Sunday was nothing but disappointment to me. I mean... For 2018, sure, Lamar Jackson might be a good start over a certain number of players. Um, he'll look great on the field because he's a great athlete. He is a great football player. But in terms of dynasty or long term, this, uh, this is so disappointing it's almost scary. <laughs> that this team might be looking to ruin this player that I thought had an awful lot of potential. Now, am I too far over the mark here? Like, I don't know what people think. You're saying people are excited about... This or Gus Edwards. So excited about Lamar Jackson that Gus Edwards is looking good. So am I too far past where everyone is to say I'm reasonable anymore? No, I, I
2: actually, I think everything you're saying is well-reasoned, and I think it's no one is talking about, and I think it's, it's a really good point, really, because even myself, I'm excited because... You, you see that, and is 27 rush attempts for Lamar Jackson sustainable? Absolutely not. I mean, there's no chance that he can do that every single week and and live. I mean, he's going to die. He's <laughs> literally going to die on the football field if they try to do that. So I think what people are hoping for, not even talking about, but you, what you just hope for is that this coaching staff turns over next year, and they don't kill him or just kill his confidence this season. And – I know Lamar Jackson didn't get a lot of first-team reps all year. Um, I think he had some kind of ankle or lower body injury leading up to this week. I think he even missed a practice. Um, So that could have something to do with the game script and how they used him, even though it never should have gone that far. Um, And I guess there's hope that they start to use him more as a pocket passer because – that's the thing. Lamar Jackson is really comfortable in the pocket, and he's not a run-first type of quarterback. He actually is really good at navigating the pocket, feeling pressure, keeping his eyes downfield, and then running when he needs to, when no one's open. Um, and, of course, he's going to probably run a little bit more early on in his career than uh, later as he progresses and gets gains confidence. Um, but I think that's a really, really interesting point on Lamar Jackson and really valid, and I think people need to start thinking about that. I think people are getting a little bit over the moon with him because we've we've seen him with Tyrod Taylor. You know, Tyrod Taylor was never really uh, a very good passer of the football, but fantasy wise, you know, he's the king of the Konami Code uh, from Rich Rebar. So, uh, the fantasy quarterbacks are so uh, valuable if they run the ball, and we haven't seen anybody as dynamic as Lamar Jackson. Running the ball as a quarterback since Michael Vick, and you could argue that he's even more impressive. Um, so you know it's kind of a a thing that I keep going back and forth with. Um, fantasy wise, it's great. Um, longevity purposes, it's it's kind of scary, honestly. Um, and another thing about uh, Gus Edwards is uh, last week there was the holes were huge. I mean anybody could have ran through those holes, and and people will probably come back and say. Well, why isn't Alex Collins running through those holes? Well, Alex Collins is a different type of runner. His playing style is completely different. Well, he didn't have. Uh, what's that?
0: I think that'd be part. Like, I think that part of that is that um, Alex Collins didn't get 17 touches with Lamar Jackson opening up large that's running true. holes. Like, that's also something I wanted to say. The reason Gus was gifted 17 touches last week. With wide open lanes was then that's precisely the point that people are making that Lamar Jackson opens that up for a he running does. back. So I mean, Alex Collins wasn't on the field while those wide open lanes existed. Sure. I mean, uh, Joe Flacco doesn't do the but uh, I also, exact I also same, think you know?
2: <laughs> that there's a reason why they put Gus Edwards in there. Yeah, that, definitely for that situation is because and the the Ravens coaching staff has talked about it. You know, they the, what Gus has brought to this team is somebody that takes what's given and gets downhill. And I talked about it earlier with that kind of play calling when you're doing the run pass option. Uh, basically, you need somebody that can get downhill immediately and is not going to stutter step in the backfield and be too patient because that's what that's what Alex Cullen is and that's what he does. And can he improve on that? Sure. Um, I'm surprised that he, the coaching staff isn't just stressing it to him Um, and maybe they'll see that this week and maybe his eyes will open a little bit and say listen if I just run basically straight downhill there are running lanes I don't need to dance in the backfield and maybe that's just something he needs to get used to uh, because there were wide open rushing lanes for Gus Edwards and that's that's why he looks good but anybody any running back in the league with those rushing lanes is going to look good so I think that's a valid point that Alex Collins is still a Very talented player, even though he's had a little bit of a disappointing season.
0: What I'm hearing you say is what I think. Alex Collins is actually good at things that Gus Edwards isn't. Like, Alex Collins can do things on the football field. Gus Edwards just happened to be the big guy that Lamar Jackson opened up those lanes for. Like, it could have been anyone. And I think that's what happened with Gus Edwards. Yes. I mean, and so if the game is tougher, if Lamar Jackson's lane workload doesn't um, change, and we we want it to change for dynasty we need Lamar Jackson's role to change than it was last week but if it doesn't then you know it couldn't maybe it doesn't go as well maybe the lanes don't open up as well maybe they face a better defense in Cincinnati that all closes down immediately for Gus Edwards and Alex Collins is the one on the roster with talent i think it could flip back and back to Alex Collins like within a game so um, the fact that it just worked perfectly against Cincinnati last week, that's what we're seeing with Gus Edwards, just to, like you were doing. Bring him back to the player we're meant to talk about. Um, to point out some more numbers about him, he had five evaded tackles on his 17 touches, which you, you can't even measure that against something in such a small sample size. Um, so I wanted to throw that out there as well. Uh, sorry to jump in again Jake you just keep reminding me of things like sh- that that are interesting yeah I,
2: mean, yeah I think that's that's rightfully so and the Ravens coaching staff has been pretty non-committal about how they're gonna use this running back core going forward and they have four running backs that they plan to use so including um, Lamar Jackson <laughs> <laughs> that's excluding Lamar Jackson but yes um yeah I think that's a really good point is. There's, there's. It's very unlikely that they keep the same great game script that they had last week. At least they, you'd you'd hope. I mean, the 27 rushes for a quarterback is the most since the merger. I mean, since yeah. it's, it's been 60 plus years. I mean, that's that's just. It's not a thing. It's it, can't, <laughs> it should not be
0: a thing. It shouldn't um, be a thing. So
2: if, if and they it, don't do that same thing, and and again, even though his schedule is really good. I would think teams getting some tape on how they ran that offense is is only going to help them um defend it. So I just yeah, I just don't see uh that perfect storm aligning for Gus Edwards going forward like like the, the like the way it did last week. I think people are going to be disappointed and I picked him up in a redraft league, but no one put a bid on him. I going I put a $0 bid on him. And For dropped, free, hell dropped, yes, why I not? Dropped, yeah. I dropped OJ Howard because he went to a- a- IR. Like, um, and I, you know, I put a bunch of bids on him in Dynasty, but I, like I said, I spent most of my budget. People were paying every dime they had, which I understand. I mean, it's you're you're trying to get something off the waiver wire in Dynasty, but and who feel, else you buy him right now? I understand yeah, it. Yeah, I would take I've, him off the waiver wire. I feel like this is the the. You know, we talked about it a little bit with Edo Smith, right? People are going a little bit nuts. I think people are going a lot crazier with uh, Gus Edwards here because um, they love those week, league win, uh, league winners that come out of nowhere. And the thing was, the thing that's kind of crazy about it is Alex Collins did the same thing last year this exact same week, oh, week right. 11 last year. <laughs> right. He yeah. came on and just destroyed for the rest of the season. So uh, kind of the combination of the team and then the situation is just kind of a...
0: That actually moves us towards uh, the other thing I want to do on him is the immediate. Like long term, I think we're being pretty clear. So just one more thing about his volume. Even if the exact same thing happens every week, Gus Edwards probably isn't going to produce the same amount of fantasy volume points for you while he got 17 touches he only got two inside the inside the 20 yard line he got none inside the 10 yard line Um, and he's actually overproducing in touchdowns already (laughs) so he already uh, has overproduced in touchdowns and is less likely to score a touchdown next game Lamar Jackson and Alex Collins and even Javarius Allen even Joe Flacco has had more touches inside the (laughs) 10 yard line than Gus Edwards. so and, and Ty Montgomery has actually had more touches inside the 10-yard t- line than Gus Edwards, and that just means that even if the exact same thing keeps happening, which, as you very much pointed out, cannot happen, and I've tried to say we do not want to happen, Gus yeah. Edwards will probably not never score you, you the same amount of fantasy points as he did last week. Yeah. Now, the thing I want to move us to, because I think, like I say, we're really, cl- really clear on Dynasty, I think we're a maybe. Um, no, we're obviously a no. So, how about the immediate? Like, where is he starting for you next week? Moving to the playoffs, like, what running back rank does he have? Are you starting him if as running back twenty four? Is I he above Chris Carson the, for you? Where's no. he falling?
2: I think he's a low end flex play, so I think he's probably high thirties somewhere in there. Um, you know, but again, he does he, he has a high upside flex play. Um, but he also has a very low floor. I mean, he could have a zero. Um, and we see it all the time with these guys where they, they flash and then they just disappear, especially for an undrafted guy um, who just is so unimpressive. <laughs> right. Um, from a tape standpoint and production standpoint, so
0: compared to some of the most elite athletes in the world at the game, he's a little un- un- I impressive. Think, <laughs> I think
2: people are going to be starting him over some really good players and making some right. poor decisions this week.
0: Yeah, I can see it because, like, I, I the reason I was saying those names is because, in terms of projections, just based on volume, game script, the things we use to make projections, he's come his projection looks similar to Duke Johnson, Chris Carson. And that you know, uh, middle tier top twenty four running back, um, I really wouldn't play him there. I, if you have one of those players, I would be sitting Gus Johnson, even though I just got him off the waiver wire. Um, the the sense I'm getting from you though is that, um, you know, people like Evan Silver are are saying the opposite, which puts me in a really awkward position since those guys are normally right. right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, it, it, anytime Evan Silva says something and I don't like it at all it just makes me a little nervous because he's a smart, smart guy. Probably one of, I mean, he's probably the single most person that I respect in the industry. Just the amount of work he puts into every matchup and every single player is mind boggling. Um, even if I was doing this full time, I couldn't imagine doing what he does every single week. So, um, highly respect his opinion. Um, you know, Brad, oh, Evans, I see. Brad Evans I is it. really good as well. So, um, I it's, get it it's I know, a little I shocking, but you know you gotta stick to your, your process and, and just
0: subtweet me there. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> not on the list. Uh, uh, all right, let me ask you this. Um, stop me when you get to a, when I get to a player that you would sit for Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards, Edwards. right? Right. Yeah, you said uh, Johnson, but that's fine. Philip Lindsay is the eighteenth ranked quarterback this week. Which is <laughs> running back. Would you sit him for <laughs> Gus Edwards?
2: Hell no. Not even close.
0: Tyree Cohen. No. Kenyon Drake.
2: Oh, I hate Kenyon Drake. Jalen
0: Rashard. Are we getting close? uh,
2: Yeah, we're getting close there. I mean, I think you could make a... I mean, Jalen Rashard has a very high floor. I mean, not even really that high. I mean, you're you're talking like an eight-point floor in a PPR league. But he's got... He's got that. He has a floor, and he has a very limited ceiling. You know, a bad offense. Uh, doesn't get a whole lot of rushing volume. You know, he's a good pass catcher. Um, Gus Edwards has zero floor, but he does have a big up. I mean, somewhat. He has last week's upside. Um, right. I don't see it happening, but he does have last week's upside. So, um, Especially in like a standard league or a you know half-point PPR, his value boosts up a little bit because – He's got that Jordan Howard effect where he's not going to catch passes. And, um, you know, he's got a nose for the end zone, you would think, um, even though they haven't used him there. Uh, but just a big physical, you know, he's 6'1", 230. Um, you know, he can break some tackles. He can run through some people. Uh, he's not going to make people miss. He's not going to fit through tight creases very often. Um, yeah, it's just not a guy that I'd be feeling great about. Now, if you're talking about starting Jalen Rashard, or Gus Edwards. I have no problem if you want to throw Gus Edwards in there. Uh, that's but,
0: interesting because that's um, early 20s. That's around about where um, Jalen Rashad's coming out. I guess I'm probably, a little,
2: I'm probably a little bit lower on Rashad than the consensus.
0: That's fine. Um, uh, the Kenyon Drake, you're also questioning, see, him, though, yeah, and he's in I the exact same like area. Kenyon
2: Drake. I just don't like Kenyon Drake, and I hate that that's offense.
0: Fair. I don't like him either. It's just interesting. Yeah. Um, LeSean McCoy, would you have of those guys?
2: I mean, see, I'm really, trying to that's see, a really see really who... Would, yeah, that's just a really difficult matchup. I don't like McCoy this week.
0: Yeah, between between those guys and Gus Edwards, where you said in the 30s and where I thought he would be and where 4 for 4 has him, seems to be a bit of a... Type area if you know what I mean so I can see why people have him in the startable yeah, category but
2: that's that's the thing I don't I think I think people's opinions on him is much higher that's that's the thing I, I don't I think people are like I said I think people are going to be playing him over people that they shouldn't Um, and, and again if it, if it comes to that meh kind of area of rankings and you want to throw him in there I, I don't have any problem with that because you're just kind of taking shots there anyways it's it's the people that I think are maybe getting a little over the moon with him that I'd say pump the brakes a little bit.
0: That's fair. I find that interesting because I'm I'm agreeing with you this entire episode, and yet we uh, are dithering around this running back quest. The Who to start as running back to in terms of the top 24 is a lot stickier question than maybe we assumed. All right. um... Is there anything else you want to say about Bottom or Gus Edwards? No,
2: I am exhausted by Gus Edwards right now. <laughs>
0: Gus Edwards. Well, I don't know if he's going to run all over the Oakland defense this week, but he has certainly pounded us into the ground because we're a, <laughs> he he he's definitely done us in. So that's another victory for Gus Edwards at least.
2: And you are all over it tonight with these. You are. I like it. Well, thanks,
0: Jake. Um, yeah. So. We're trying to bring it to a close here, I guess. Um, Jake, what have you been up to? Uh, apart from being on vacation, is there anything you're writing, producing, graphics thing right now you want people to go check yeah, it out? Yeah, you
2: can check me out at Fantasy Graphics. That's G R A F I X if you need any. Um, team logos, uh, Twitter avatars, headers, uh, MFL team. Banners, podcast logos, all that stuff. I'm always available for that stuff, but uh, um, that's about it, man. Uh, just a little. I started watching. Uh, I started watching Mr. Robot a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's very good. It's very good. They're. I think they're on their fourth season. Or they got picked up for their fourth season. I'm like midway through season two. Um, really good. Go check it out. I've actually been meaning to watch that
0: one, so I might finally. Uh, Take it off the to-do list and go watch that. Thanks. It's working. It. Um, I've just been binge-watching all my Rick and Morty episodes now. I've discovered it. So I've just about caught up and I'm ready for new ones, to be honest with you. thanks. So nice. I will see you again next week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found something useful um, or hopefully entertaining about Gus Edwards or something else. I always enjoy myself at the crossroads here with Jake. And I will see you again next week.
2: Later.
1: Crossroads that film and analytics create. The dynastic crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape.
2: No, I am exhausted by Gus Edwards right now. Film is everything.
1: Panastic crossroad where numbers are the key.
0: Not on the list.
1: There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything. I messed
2: up. <laughs>